0: Six. <clears throat> Excuse me. blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Now, to, to this point, we've covered three of the Beatitudes, and all three of them, we said, listen, we, we don't understand these things. Naturally, our world, we, we don't understand what it means to be poor in the Spirit. We don't understand mourning. That's not we, we don't like to mourn. We like to celebrate. We like pleasure. We don't like pain. We'll get to that in a little bit. We talked about meekness, we totally misunderstood, especially in, in our world today. We think that meekness is weakness, and so we talked about that. Meekness is not weakness, it's, it's controlled, it's bright, it's strength. So we talked about the disposition of the understanding God as good, He always deals with and We've got a problem this morning, too, in understanding this beatitude, and it, it's really a lot more surface level than those other things. We can't understand what it means to hunger and thirst for righteousness, folks, what it means to hunger or thirst do we I started thinking about that you know I just just thought when, when do I eat when, when, when do I eat so right I, I eat when I'm hungry right I eat when I'm bored right? I I, I eat when uh, I'm depressed, I eat when I celebrate, I eat when I come to church, I eat when I leave church. Are you following me? I mean, we we do a lot of eating, and the same is true when it comes, when we're thirsty. When we're thirsty, we can get something to drink, and we can get coffee, we can get water, in that yellow page, we'll take them out. Yellow that we're still in the introduction section of the Sermon on the Mount. It'll run all the way through being salt and light. Okay. So let's look at this first word, hunger, in the Greek. Uh, the, the word literally translates like this. It means to suffer want or to crave intensely. To suffer want or to crave intensely. That, that, that's what it means to really. When you, when you stop and pause for a moment, and start to study what's going on in our world today. You to find out that there are children all over the world that this is how they feel. That often they will go days without food. That often they are they are scavenging through trash dumps trying to find a piece of something rotten that they can put in their mouth because they are they are. Some kind of source of nourishment. but it's talking about. That. Now, the, the word in Greek for thirst is even greater. To thirst. It, it means to suffer thirst, but, but it really refers to those who painfully feel their want and eagerly long for filling. That, that, that's, that's what it's talking about. That's a very different thing from what we would say. Back in World War One, when 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 uh, the British were liberating Palestine, uh, there was a combined force—British, Australian, and New Zealanders—and they were pressing hard on the rear of a Turkish retreat, and, and, and they, they pursued them so hard uh, that, that uh, and they were going from Beersheba to uh, to this place called Sharia, or I don't know, I'm totally that. Uh, but they were they were pressing so hard against this Turkish retreat that, that you know they're chasing them so passionately that they outdistance their, their camel train of water and division. and they did it in the middle of an extremely dry and arid desert. And men began to drop like flies, and those men died and didn't get back up. And, and, and so, in, in the midst of this, in, 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 the sun was blazing, vultures were circling overhead, and a British general uh, or major, uh, Major Gilbert, he writes of that day. He says, "Man, our heads ached. And our eyes became bloodshot and dim in the blinding glare. He says, our tongues began to swell, and our lips turned purplish black, and then they burst.
1: That's the curse. That's
0: the The Turks ended up taking cover in this town, in Syria. It was a town known for its great stone system. Knew that if they didn't take the city by nightfall, they would all die of thirst. So Baker Gilbert writes this, and I, I, I love this. I love this. I love this. I love this. Just, just take heed of these things. He says, You know what? We fought that day. We, we fought that day. For our thirst for God, for righteousness, for His will in our lives, a consuming, all embracing, preoccupying desire, how rich. world today, if you look around, if we're, we're completely focused on the pursuit of happiness, aren't we? You just think about America for a moment, think about our country, even, even our, our Declaration of Independence, for example, right? Do you remember how it reads? I'll, I'll read it to you. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal. Man, they're knocking it out of the park so far, right? It's about to jump off the train. All men are created equal that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, capital R rights, and that among these are life and liberty and the pursuit
1: of the this last week. What are our rights? Death. Hell, those are our rights. The,
0: the, according to God, not according to man, according to God, as we study the word, what are, are our rights, right? Death, death and hell, that's what we earn for. So so here's here's the problem, guys. The pursuit of happiness, the real problem, okay? According to Matthew 5, 6, happiness was never intended by God to be sought out directly. You might want to write that down. Happiness was never intended by God to be sought out directly heart is not that we would pursue happiness. His heart is that we would pursue holiness, and in pursuing holiness and righteousness, that then we would end up being happy. follow me? See, that's a big difference. And so you have to understand when we're talking about this deep, painful hunger and want and desire, it's not a deep, painful hunger and want and desire for for happiness. It's not a, a deep, painful hunger and want and desire for blessedness. We have too many people in our world today that long to be blessed, but they don't want to be holy. They don't want to be righteous. God says, listen, you want to be blessed. You want to be content. And you've got to be righteous. You've got to pursue me. see, we, we want to avoid the pain. No. We? We, we, we just want the pleasure. We don't want the pain. You think about it for a moment. We take more drugs today than we've ever taken before, don't we? What do you do when you've got a headache or, or when your, your elbow hurts or your knee hurts? Same thing I do. You take some Tylenol or some Advil or some Aleve, don't you? Things that they, they're telling us aren't really good for us because what are we doing? We're just masking the symptoms of pain. But if you were to go to your doctor, your doctor would not prescribe to you some painkillers. You know why? Because pain is a good sign. Pain is your body telling you that something is wrong. And so a doctor won't want to mask that. A good doctor wants you to be right. And so any doctor worth his salt, instead of masking your pain, wants you to be right. He wants to get to the heart of your problem. Friends, according to the Bible, our problem is sin. Our problem is separation from God, isn't it? That's the the heart of the problem. That's why we're in pain. We've got a great hole inside of us that only God can fill. And so pursuing pleasure, pursuing happiness, it's like taking an We've got to go beyond that. We've got to get to the heart of the problem. Hungering and thirsting for righteousness is not the same thing as hungering and thirsting for
1: happiness. Number two,
0: the hunger and thirst for righteousness is not the same thing as looking for a religious, spiritual, or holy experience. That's not what it is. The church is. We no longer come to church to be judged by the sermon, but we come to church instead to judge the sermon. We, we come to church and we leave, we leave saying, Well, I don't know, he was a little too much in my face, or that music, we only sang one hymn, or that guitar, it was just too loud, or I didn't like the drums, they were too fast. Those views were too hard. The, the temperature was too hot. No, it was a little too cold. And we leave church, and all we've done is criticize everything from the moment we came in until the moment we came out. And I just wonder, a, a God that says, you will be held accountable for every word that is spoken, I wonder how that's going to work for a I, I think the reason is that the, I think the reason comes out of a good place. There was some point in time that we had a genuine experience with God, right? And, and, and it was so great that, that we want to reproduce it. And so what we do is we come looking for that same set of, of, of criteria. And, and so, well, 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 when I met with God, okay, we sang these songs, and the lights were dimmed this low, and I wore these clothes. I sat next to that person, but, but this Sunday, I, I couldn't even sit in my pew. Somebody else was sitting there. The pastor told me to move into the middle, and it was very uncomfortable. Okay? The time I had a God experience, they didn't call me down to the front. They said, there's a little room off to the side. We don't want to inconvenience you. Right? I mean, I mean we, we have all these things. And, 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 and so hear me. I, I, I want you to hear me. Feelings are part of the Christian life. Okay? God, God made us emotional creatures. Emotion is, is part of it. I think it's a good thing that there's a time that we've been swept up in the spirit When you come seeking an experience, you'll get an experience. That's not in the Bible. Jeremiah 29, 13. When you seek me with all of your heart, you will find me, God said. And what we need is more of of the great me. We need more of God in our lives. That's what we need. And so we've got to stop coming to church with this set of expectations. Well, I pray that we'll sing three hymns today. That would be amazing. Well, I'd like more contemporary stuff today. Man, I pray that my Sunday school teacher doesn't go on a rambling chasing of rabbits today. I pray that the pastor won't stand down there where I have to look over people's heads. I know I'm short, okay? Right. You can't come with the set
1: desire to
0: have an experience you have. You've got to come instead, asking and praying and, pray and hoping just to the And if you come with that God's So
1: it's
0: not looking for an experience. Number three. It's it's not when we talk about hungering and thirst for righteousness, we're not talking a, about a passing or a phase. You know, the prophet Hosea talked about Israel's love for God. And he described Israel's love for God like this. It's not a compliment, by the way. He says this in, in Hosea 6, and then again in Hosea 13. He says that Israel's love, or Israel's desire for God, was like the morning mist. He says it's like the morning mist, the morning fog, the morning dew. It disappears in the summer. It
1: disappears
0: in and it goes. It's here and then it fades away. And friends, we have a tendency to be that way, right? When we're really struggling, oh God, I need you. And when everything's great, no, put you on the shelf. That's not what it means to hunger and thirst for righteousness. To hunger and thirst for righteousness means day in, day out. It means hour by hour and moment by moment in everything that we do. And so when we talk about it, we're not talking about some kind of passing. Desire that increases to the point of are facing. Okay. All right. So that's what it's not. So what is it? Let me tell you. Let me tell you. It is. It is, number one, it is a painfully deep desire to be right with God. That's what it is. It is a painfully deep desire to be right with God. God, the Bible says, has set eternity in the hearts of men. And and, and guys, the best way I can explain it, this is a longing to return to that Genesis moment, right? Do do you realize the gravity of Genesis 3, verse 8? In Genesis 3, verse 8, God is walking in the garden in the cool of the day. He calls out to Adam and Eve, and they are hiding because they have eaten from the tree of knowledge and good and evil. they have seen that they are naked and they are ashamed and they are hiding. But the significance of that verse is more than just our, our sin and what happens because of our sin. The significance of that verse is that it shows us a portrait of Revelation 21 and what we're designed for. That one day God will indeed be our God and we will be his people and that he will dwell with us. He was walking in the garden with them. That used relationship with God. That's what it means to our separation from God. What's the reason we're not in a right relationship with God? Friends, it, it, it's sin. That's why we can't walk with Him in, in the garden in the cool of the day because of, of sin. That's what sin does, right? It separates us from God. And, 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 and it's got great power. And it doesn't seem that way at first, does it? Sin never seems like it has the power that it does. We just think, but it's just a little white lie. But, but it was just a glance it was, it was just a, a thought. It wasn't gossip. It was a prayer request. It seems so small. It seems so insignificant. But the consequences are huge. The consequences are huge. You may want to write this down. Disobedience immediately leads to discontent. Immediately. That's the power of sin. Obedience immediately leads to discontentment, for we are driven from the presence of God when we sin.
1: That's what happens. That's what happens. That's what
0: sin is. And so we ache, we hunger, we thirst to be right again with God. And to do that, we must be free from the great separation. to think of it this way: anybody ever heard of World Vision or Food for the Hungry or Compassion International? If you get their gift catalogs, we did over Christmas, you can choose to give money to, to help people all over the world in a, in a Christian way. And a lot of those ways deal with clean water. You know, all over the world there are children that don't go do to school because they walk a total of six miles to get some kind of water that they can drink. So many things you need. Oftentimes that into clear drinking water. If you can drink it, hallelujah, and you won't die. And, and so, you know, that's kind of surface level. Listen, I, I, want to be, I want to be right with God. I want to be right with God, right? And, and, and then you can go a step beyond that, and, and you, can, you can help purchase a, what they call a shallow water well. And those are usually $2,500 somewhere in that range. $2,500. And, and that's kind of what we know around these parts. A shallow well. You know 40 feet is that far. is went 40 and it got, got dimming, water to turn And that, that's what it is. We want to be free from the power of sin to give a little bit, to cost a little bit. Yeah. Not a it's not just that I want to be free from the power of sin, but it's that I'm willing to look so deep within myself that I feel I'm not feeling it, it. It's this ultimate confession before God that God, not only am I a slave to sin, but here's the great problem with me See, I know a lot of men that will say in church, I'm a sinner, pastor. I'm a sinner. I don't know many men that will stand up and say, and I enjoy my sin. But that's the great truth of the matter. And if you truly want to be righteous, you've got to dig down that deep got to be willing to invest that much to go way down deep and not just admit before God that God, I'm struggling with sin and sin has power over me, but to come before a holy God and say, listen, not only do I hate the power of sin, but I hate the fact that I desire it. I hate the fact that there is something deep within me that still wants to sin. Even though I've been made new, there's something deep within that old nature that doesn't want to let go. And there are times, God, that I still think about my sin, and I don't think about it with hate myself. and you've got to keep 613 commands, and all these things, and so they've talked about that, and Jesus' is way to, see, way to, the kingdom of God isn't is for self-righteous people, the kingdom of God is only for those that are broken in spirit, and he goes on and says, yes, in, in the kingdom of God, it, it's not for people that try to look for loopholes around, and that's what the Pharisees did, remember, you know, they were supposed to take care of their parents, they said, nope, it's a gift goes on, he says, listen, and, and they stick out their chest. King, kingdom people aren't haughty. They, they don't like to be seen. They, they don't like to stand in markets and wear the finest clothes and, and pray the finest prayers. They don't care about that. They're meek. Kingdom people are meek. They're not meek. They have the power, but it's bridled by, by the Spirit. And they only get angry at the right occasion for the right amount of time with the Talk and walk the walk. You, you follow me? that—that's the heart of it. This is a, this is that fourth grade identifier, and this is the one that our world is clamoring for. People, they, they say they're not coming to church because the, the church is full of hypocrites. They're, they're hearing our talk, but they're not seeing our actions. And the great identifier of
1: Christians is be speaking.
0: Right? So I can keep I lived
1: up in, I live, I live up north of Amarillo for five years. All right. I, I can on the action. All right. All right. Uh,
0: this, this is how we're filled. What are the first three things about, you remember the, the, the first week? What did we sing, we sing that great invitation, Lord, empty me of all my foolishness and pride, of the vain ambition. Right? Empty me, that's what we're singing. Well, guess what? The first three Beatitudes are all about emptying yourself. All of them. All of them. Being, being poor in spirit and, and, and uh, mourning over your sin, that's about emptying. And meekness is about emptying. God, I have no right. It's all about emptying. Well, guess what? After you empty yourself, you better fill yourself with something. You say, say. I mean, Jesus taught that, right? The demon-possessed man he drives out the demons. And he talks about, listen, you better fill your life with something that demon's going to go get seven friends and come back and you're going to be way worse than the way. Friends, it means nothing to try to empty yourself of all these these great things of God and then not to long to be filled with God. That's foolishness. That's foolishness. You think about some of the other religions in the world and that's what they seek. They seek to be nothing. They just want to empty themselves of themselves and they seem so good those are the parts that seem right, because that's what God says. He says, empty yourself, of yourself. And so these people, they sit under trees and they meditate. And what are they trying to They're trying to get rid of themselves. They're trying to get rid of their sin. They're trying to get rid of their, their foolishness. They're trying to get rid of their pride. Uh, right, and they reach, quote, unquote, nirvana. The only problem is once they get to that point, there's no filling. There's no answer. Righteousness just Religion, not pleasure, not self, not happiness. Ache for being like God. Make that your aim. Wake up tomorrow with one goal in mind. Can you do that? We, we tend to wake up with 50 goals, okay? I want to do this, I want to do that, I need to do that. Anybody else a list-driven person, right? I'm a goal-oriented person. If you walk into my office, there's big stuff. Okay, here's this, I've got to do that, that, that. something on my list, right? The seconds. That's it. The reason that you feel distant from God, it is sin. That is the heart of the problem. Sin breaks our fellowship with God. Before we knew God, we didn't have a relationship with God because of sin. Once we came to know Christ, when we start to feel distance from Christ, the reason for that distance is sin. That's what happens. It breaks our our fellowship from God, and and so we've got to get to the root of it, and we, that means we've got to dig. Remember, I know a lot of people that will confess that they are a sinner. I know very few people that will confess that they enjoy it. So when you meditate, when you spend time...
1: God, I'm tired of the fact that I'm walking. God, I'm tired of...